two sports fanatics, both with some background in MMA, looking to provide some of their thoughts on what goes on in the world of mixed martial arts. A jiu-jitsu practitioner who is not afraid to get her feet up and provide a stellar knockout or get your jits on, teams up with the Fly Guy, a karate kid turned boxer who would enjoy putting you to sleep by embracing your neck. Tie the Fly Guy. Live from your favorite podcast station, it's Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles, Laurel versus Ty, and it starts right now. FKTC crew, we are back after a week-long hiatus, and we're back just in time for Rivalry Week because your two favorite co-hosts of this podcast have a rivalry in college football this week. Yes. And I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) But I believe (laughs) that we can do it. (laughs) anything's possible um for those of you who don't know um we are i am a sooners fan an oklahoma sooners fan and laurel here is a nebraska cornhuskers fan and both teams are renewing their rivalry this saturday so if you're a college fan tune in if and of course any other college game that you're interested in but that's the one that the both of us are going to be focused in on this weekend. Truth. <laughs> Bummer, actually, um, I was supposed to go to that game until the pandemic hit. I was like, dang. What? Gonna, yeah, going to try to go, but it just didn't work out. But I'm going to try to see if I can go to the one in Lincoln next year. Uh, all right, then. But we'll see. Um, but... We are glad to have our FKTC crew back. Um, it has been a long week off. We needed some R&R, and now we're refreshed and ready to tackle this. I think we're now coming into the closing of the third quarter of fights for this year. Um, actually, no, we're coming. We're actually really close to the fourth quarter as well. So this really? is going to be, yeah. So it's going to be very interesting how this, um, wow, I can't even think of my words, how the rest of the fights and how everything gets shaped up. Everything seems to be shaping up towards in the year. There's one fight, though, that I'm hoping they announce soon, but we will announce that when it comes. Fingers crossed. So how we're going to do this is we're going to start start off with a new segment while out of the cage. So we're going to talk about a few things that we saw um, since we were last on the airwaves. And since it's been a week, there are bound to be quite a few things that happened. So listen mm-hmm. and hear what we think. Where we'll also have our UFC fight night predictions for... Um, the, this upcoming card between Anthony Smith and Ryan Spann. We'll update you on our standings after Brunson versus Till. And then we do have a, a question from a fan. So we will read that off and give our thoughts. And then just a little brief MMA news coming along mm-hmm. to end the show. Oops. Oh, that was my headphones. So that's a good thing that I can. My headphones came unplugged. That was the problem. <laughs> it's like, uh oh. 
Um, so let's dive right on in. Um, so while we're at the cage, Laurel, anything that jumped out at you? Oh, well, um, the, I think for the, as far as the fights were concerned, uh, the Aspinall Spavak fight was my number one fight that I watched. Nice. That training with Fury has, has paid off for Aspinall. I'd like to see him um, more. Mm -hmm. I think that he is has a championship belt material written all over him, and I think that he proved that um, the, that night. So I didn't see, you know, that round started, and about a minute in, I didn't see that Spivak, Spivak, Spivak. Mm -hmm had a chance in the world. Aspinall was just all over him, very aggressive. Um, <laughs> I was looking at the stats for that night. I think Spivak had zero significant strikes. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's... The stats were bad. Yeah. Um, but but uh, Aspinall just did a, a great, great job on that fight i liked it i i liked it a lot new fan there new <laughs> fan for me yeah yeah i think definitely he's gonna be a force in the he's in the heavyweight division right mm -hmm. so yeah that's gonna be i always get like light heavyweight and heavyweight confused so i'm just trying to figure out like I'm like oh yeah that's right he is a little bit on the bigger side but yeah like the heavyweight division needs a lot well it doesn't need a whole lot but we definitely they definitely need some fresh um it needs more diversity yeah good way to put it yeah yeah it it i just feel like the heavyweight division needs some guys that are able to go to the ground and and have a nicer ground game than just stand-up strikers oh so. yeah that's how I feel about that. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd like the heavyweight division, but <laughs> I mean, I like it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, it can be tricky, especially when heavyweight division is more known for their knockouts. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like helpful that we have fighters like Aspinall and Cyril Gaon that can right. take the fight to the ground. Right. Right. So, so I'll just see. I think he is numbered nine or i know he's in the top 10 now so it's mm -hmm. going to be interesting to see like how they do with him but if anything like perhaps we see aspinall fight for the title by the end of 2022 mm -hmm. would that mean he'd go up against fury <laughs> only if he was only if he was boxing i would say then he'd have to face fury <laughs> maybe fury will turn into mma that too you can see <laughs> they do have tyson fury in uh the ufc4 game so and that's a mixed martial arts uh game so really hey, anything, yeah anything can happen yeah well since mma guys are going over to boxing now and it's all being mishmashed it's like uh it's like country western with uh with with hip-hop now everybody's <laughs> moving over yeah <laughs> 
I think Conor McGregor kind of made that popular. It's like, oh, now I want to try my hand at boxing. It's like, uh, okay, good mm. luck. Um, yeah. Speaking of boxing, um, your guy Anderson Silva had his probably his biggest boxing victory <laughs> while we were gone, knocking out Tito Ortiz. Did you see how he did it though? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I just love that guy. Yeah, it's like he was taking the blows and all of a sudden, like he like Silva moved just enough to like duck out of the way and Tito's head's like like by his shoulder and so Silva just goes boom right down, right down his like ear. And yeah. I think he then I think he crossed him again and <laughs> Ortiz was like like a baby on the mat, fell asleep. He was out before he went down. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I like Tito Ortiz, but I'm glad that Anderson Silva knocked him out because I'm just such a big Anderson Silva homer. (laughs) And it's actually, it's interesting because Ortiz was complaining so much about like, oh, like, why do I have to like move like to this certain weight? Like he was complaining about it. Like you were able, now I feel like didn't, did Ortiz miss weight or did he make weight? I'm not sure. I'm gonna look that up real quick, but definitely or t- let's see. Because there were some complaints about him like fighting in that weight. And it's like, um, uh, I think he I want to say he missed, but I think he did end up making it in the end. So let me see if I can look it up real quick. Uh oh, here we go. Here we go. Boxing oh, it's not even on here. Oh, no, it doesn't say. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Um, no, it doesn't say. So I didn't hear. So yeah. But it was still fun because that's actually what kind of united the MMA community because I think there are a lot more Silva fans than there are Ortiz fans. Yeah. So that was. And when the memes were flying out of the gates when Ortiz got knocked out. So I was like, that was awesome. It's like everyone predicted that win and then they made memes about it, right? As the fight began. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. How about Uh, you? What did you like? um, Fights. That that Silva fight was definitely like on my highlights. Um, but I also will point out that since we didn't get to talk about it on our, since our hiatus, um, the Derek Brunson submission victory over Darren Till was a beyond amazing. Um, Yeah, it was good. Uh, Brunson was trying to, no, Till was trying to like strike with him. Like, I think he stunned him a time or two. And every time Brunson took it to the ground, like you could just tell the difference in their skill levels when it came to the ground. And once um, Brunson locked in the throat cuddle, it was over. I think Till somewhat tried to tap beforehand and I don't know if the ref just didn't see it. And then he tapped a second time and it was caught. And like, and I think, I think you and I both I know you and I both predicted the stoppage, and I think we both predicted it in the third round, but we said it was going to be a, a TKO instead of a submission, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I was really, I was really surprised about the submission, I guess, because I figured Brunson would maybe knock him out, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was, 
And of course, Darren Till still has zero submissions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it That's was good stuff. Yeah. Um, be interesting to see where I think Brunson is now gonna wait. So the I think you and I mentioned that Brunson should fight Kananir next, or Kananir should fight Brunson next, the winner of that fight. And so I think that fight does make sense. But I know Brunson said he also wouldn't mind waiting out to fight the winner of Izzy versus uh, Whitaker uh, for his title shot. Because So I guess here comes a question. Is Derek Brunson um, worthy of a title shot? I'd like to see... A couple more fights out of him mm-hmm. and I don't I, it's not because I don't think he isn't ready I just um am burned out with title shots I think <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you so I you know I think that he has a good resume but a few more uh, fights with some better guys would be good for him to 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 do. Mm-hmm. So I'm just tired of title fights. <laughs> I think there's just been too many of them, and a lot of them I disagree with or don't think they're very valid. And when you watch them, they're not not very good mm-hmm. and lopsided a lot of times and i would like to see more competitive pairings right think and we- i think that i what i like i like the format the playoff format that um what who did that just recently they did a playoff format pfl yeah, the PFL. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. Because you get guys that advance up the chain by winning. Mm-hmm. And it it just seems a lot more interesting to me because the fights get better as you go on. Yeah. But the, the other thing is, I think that, and you kind of see this in the contender series right now. Mm-hmm is when you are, you know, fighting your heart out because you want to advance and move forward. Right. I, th- I think that creates a better, more competitive system within weight divisions rather mm. than just pairings. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, not, not that I don't think that managers are trying to pair their guys with the, with the best guys that that um that they can so that their fighter is able to show off their skill set it's just that those pairings haven't been very good lately yeah and i think it's because they're like because we noticed like in 2021 alone like i think there have been at least uh, four cards no, I think three cards so far, three pay-per-view cards that have had three title fights on it. Actually, it might be two. And now one was, um, one just happened recently, I think. But because they're like running through all these um, 
title fight so quickly it's kind of like making it like okay like can we at least like focus on trying to um what's the word not and I I don't want to say evolve um geez why can't I think of the word advance advance um try to get some of these guys who are in the top 10 at least like some fights like that um the playoff format makes a whole lot of sense because that could really help and see who is really ready for that title shot instead of, and, and we see that as a problem right now with the women's flyweight and the women's bantamweight divisions that there's not a whole lot of um, competitive, not, not saying anything bad about either division, but there's just not enough prospects. That's what I'm looking for that can at right. least advance and like and try to get them to work them up to the title shot instead of where we see like Juliana Pena um she's pretty much getting the shot because there's really no one else in that division Lauren Murphy though is a perfect example uh she fights next weekend that she's been on a five fight winning streak and I think she is she's won five of her six fights ever since moving to flyweight. And so that's definitely a good example of trying to build someone up for that title shot. Granted, she's going to be fighting Valentina Shevchenko, which not a lot of people are giving Murphy a chance, but that much I will talk about next week when we cover that card. So Murphy is definitely a good example of the UFC, like building up their uh, title challengers. Yeah. And You know, I think some of this goes back to just the economics or at least can be attributed to it. I think that there's probably, if you really dug down into the numbers of paid versus high pay versus low pay, there's probably a pretty big gap in there. And so a guy that isn't necessarily a title fight contender wants to do three three matches or four four matches in a year four fights in a year so he can make money Mm -hmm. but that doesn't guarantee that it's going to be more money or lead him up to uh the bigger prize and so that's maybe where I see that playoff coming into effect is the more you advance, the, the better you, you make money. Right. And I don't know, do fighters want more fights to make more money or they want higher paying fights? The training is all the same. You're always training for something, right? right. But it comes down to if you have to get a second job because your earnings aren't I mean, I don't know how, how it would work or how it would be, make it better, but mm. I, I do think that the UFC maybe has to find a way to increase their viewer, viewership mm-hmm. of import, and put more important fights together to get that viewership up. Definitely. I don't know if that made any sense. I was kind of rambling <laughs> on, but you know, for me, um, I pay for ESPN plus, which gets me a lot of the, the fights. And sometimes I'm just like, well, I don't even want to watch that even for the, for the six ninety nine a month, because it just is not, 
Mm-hmm. So it's it's not a great fight. Right. But I mean, maybe Dana's intention of more money came in those fights of the nights where he's doing bonuses, you know, I think. But right. I don't know what the answer is to, to make it more interesting. <laughs> I think everyone under I think the listeners will understand what we're trying to say, especially <laughs> what you're trying to say. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. What I'm saying is the matchups haven't been very good. They've been lopsided and sometimes not worth the money. Yeah. Okay. So, makes sense. <laughs> and I guess I I probably come from a come from a different angle on this because I get to watch fights all the time. Mm-hmm. Like in my daily life, we we have sparring and then I watch it on TV and then I go to local fights because the the fight clubs here in Nebraska are pretty active. And yeah. so I get to see a lot of live events with TV events and my own personal experiences. And so I guess I'm always looking for, for looking to level up. Yeah. <laughs> in what I'm seeing, I guess. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Um, oh, Is got there one any, more. Are there that? any, are there any what? Were there any other notable fights for you last weekend? Um, there weren't actually. It was actually really quiet as far as I know. I'm pretty sure there were other organizations, but I think, and even for, even with the UFC being off, I was kind of surprised Bellator was mm-hmm. quiet as well. Um, yeah, so there wasn't really a whole lot. Um, yeah. We had our guessing, our, our fight selections mm-hmm. are just, we're really good at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except the Murano and the Zawada fight where yeah. you won and I lost. <laughs> so I regret saying that I am now eight and 10 or yeah, eight, eight and 11. And you are <laughs> nine and 10. You've one upped me. All right. <laughs> I try, I try, but it probably, it probably will be really tough this week because this card coming up is, was really difficult to predict this main card. (laughs) Mostly because I don't recognize like half these fighters. Yeah. 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 I had to really do a lot of searching for like highlight videos. And then I was just like, huh. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so but I do have some guesses yeah yeah so with that said um get right into our fight night predictions between Anthony Lionheart Smith and Ryan Spann um this main card or this main event is I I know both guys but this is like a I think this is just like I guess a little bit of an appetizer because we have such a big card coming up next weekend. Mm-hmm. So that's probably I think most of the fighters are most of the more well-known fighters are fighting right after this. So it could be the reason why it's more of an appetizer, not a main course. But yeah. if you're a fight fan, you're gonna watch either way. Yeah. So with that said, ready for some main card predictions? Sure. All right. Um, 
first up we have Nate Manis versus Tony Gravely at Bantamweights. Hmm. Uh <laughs> we'll be doing that a little bit during this fight card, so I chose Gravely. Gravely. Gravely? 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 Gravely, we'll take it. I'll awesome. take it. <laughs> I chose him and I have absolutely no notes on why I chose him. I looked at his <laughs> highlight video. I looked at my nice um, Manis's highlight video and I thought, oh, I don't know who will win, but I'm going to pick Gravely. That's yeah. what I I think the hardest part about this fight specifically is because both these fighters are relatively new to the UFC. I did yeah. some research. Um, both of them are at least are less than I think three fight three fights are less into their UFC careers, mm -hmm. um, which is really it's surprising because Nate Manis right now is thirteen and one in his pro career, and Gravely is twenty one and six. So the fact that both these guys have ten plus. Uh, what's it? Ten plus pro fights, and this okay. they're they've barely made a dent in the UFC. It's kind of surprising in a mm -hmm. sense, um, but Manis is. I think he is. Uh, both these guys have fought in some known fighters that are in the UFC now, but other than that, there wasn't right. a whole lot to go off of. Um, for mm -hmm. me, the the person I picked is because he has more pro experience than the other. And with that said, because I really don't know anything else, I have Tony Gravely also winning this fight. Yeah, and he he won his last. Um, I think that he had two fights in um, earlier this year. Uh, one was against Anthony Burkak, where he got a second round TKO. And so um, I just think that he has more recent fight experience. Mm -hmm. Now, the one thing is, I think that um, Manis has both a height and arm length advantage, like three inches or something like that. And so that could come into play. But I think that Gravely is kind of a all around fighter and will be able to use use his size and strength to his advantage. Right. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next up, uh, we have Joaquin Buckley versus Antonio Arroyo. Um, I know Buckley because of his highlight reel knockout last year. Uh, SG was, was around this time last year. Mm -hmm. um, so uh Antonio Rea, I know a little bit about, but not enough. Um, but Buckley, he's just he's like one of the more flash, he's like a very flashy fighter. Um huh? not in a, in a good way though, because like it, you you see the name Joaquin Buckley, like you're gonna be tuned into that fight 10 out of 10 times, I guarantee you that. Um so I think he has a little bit of an advantage in this fight. Um, I just think Buckley is a little bit more, 
capable of going, I guess, capable of going a little bit further. I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm trying to say here. I guess my overall, what I'm going to say is that I have Joaquin Buckley winning this fight. Um, and I have, it, I have it by TKO. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I actually picked a Royal to, mm. to win this fight. He, I don't know why, he's, he's on a two-fight losing streak. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that his height and his reach are a real advantage in this. Um, I'm just throwing it out um, there that I think that he will be the upset. Okay. So I I'll put you down. That's <laughs> very uh, all right. And this is, this is going to be a really challenging name to read. Uh, next is Arman Tsarukian. 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, versus Christos Giagos. If I'm saying that right. Yeah. Um, so. This one, this one actually is, I was doing a little bit of research because I don't know a whole lot about them, but Sarukya, Sarukyan, we'll go with that, um, has a little bit more of, his, his first UFC fight was against Islam Makachev, and that's a tough one to go on. Yeah. Um, but ever since that loss to him, he's been on a bit of a streak. Uh -huh. Um Yagos, I don't know a whole lot about, but he is 19 and 8 in his UFC career. I mean, not in his pro career, excuse me. Um, but I was looking at, just like looking at odds, and right now, um, Armin is a minus 800 favorite. He's the biggest. That's incredible. Betting, yeah, he's the biggest betting favorite on this card. Um, and he, he's a better all-around fighter if you look at their, their tapes. Yeah. That's kind of, that, I think that should be a no-brainer. Yeah. I'm guessing you have Armin? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I also have Armin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was a quick sweep. We already know who's going to do that. Um, this next one's going to be interesting. We have Ariane Lipsky versus Mandy Bohm. Uh, this is going to be Mandy Bohm's UFC debut. And she is coming from Bellator, which is, it's surprising because she only had one fight in Bellator. She won it, but apparently the uh, Bellator decided not to keep her around after that one victory. Because her one victory is going to turn into multiple. <laughs> I, I don't even know how her trainers think that she should be in the ring. If you look at her fight, she was like single, single. She has no combos. All of her leg kicks are just singles. I just, I don't even know how someone let them beat her, let her beat them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, to I'm totally on board with Lipsky. I think she has good combinations of punches and kicks. And I just think that she's a busier active fighter. And I think that Bohm just has a tendency to get close through a strike back up and there's just no consistent flow flow with her okay 
I can see why Bellator dropped her. I mean, it was a very uninteresting fight. Uh, so I'm going to have to go back and watch that. Um, She's powerful. Mm-hmm. It's just that her technique is not smooth. Her technique is not fast. Gotcha. So you have it, you have Lipsky winning this fight then? Yeah. And I think you should too. But no, you should pick Bohm. And so that we even up our score. <laughs> you know, the funny thing you say that is it could actually be even up because I actually have Bohm winning this fight. What? Um, this was, and the, I've made this pick before you had said anything um, about this, but I just think it's a little tricky because Lipsky's been on a bit of a skid and I don't, I, I don't know. It's just, I feel like for some fighters when this, like you get one fight loss, like, okay, the second fight is always the most important fight to try to bounce back. And like once that, once you lose that second fight in a row, doubt kind of starts creeping in. And I know Bohm is making her UFC debut and she may not be as violent as the queen of violence Lipsky is, but I don't know. It's just something weird about the kind of losing streak that Lipsky's on that kind of makes me think like, (sighs) so thinking back to who she lost to, she lost to Montana De La Rosa. Montana De La Rosa. That was, was, I think her last loss. Yeah. And then she also lost to the one before that was Antonina Shevchenko. It's, it's not like she's fighting pansies here. Right. Yeah. Shevchenko and Montana are two really well-rounded fighters. Right. Um, and I think her, uh, Montana's win over Lipsky in that last fight kind of ended a skid on her own. So mm-hmm. perhaps Lipsky could find a way to end a skid. Like this, would, this is definitely the perfect opponent for her. Just something in the back of my head is saying that Mandy Bohm's going to pull off an upset. <laughs> All right. This is, what it's about. this is what it's about. <laughs> it is what it's about. Uh, <laughs> Unranked, right? Mandy Bohm? Mandy Bohm. All right. I'm going to put a T by you. Mandy <laughs> Mandy. Mandy the Monster Bohm, I think, is her nickname. So that's yeah, they, int- yeah. Like you're looking at your face, like yeah, how is that monster when she's like, eh, <laughs> eh. <laughs> but I had to, I had to look back and see that, see her fights because that's very interesting. You point that out. Like I didn't even think of that until you had mentioned that. But now we have the co-main events, which is it's okay. Um, Ian Cutabella. Yeah. Versus Devin Clark. Yeah. What do you, who do you have? Um, this one was really tricky. Um, I know a little bit of Devin Clark. Um, Ian, <laughs> Ian Kutabella is probably, out of all the light heavyweight fighters, he is my least favorite one um, mm-hmm. because just his antics um, yeah. have really, like, his, I can understand, like, him trying to, like, sell his name and all that but some of those antics like first we had him dyeing his whole body green to be the hulk which i'm like 
Okay, like, okay, okay, that's pretty clever. I'll take that. And then we know now there's this whole thing where you're not supposed to touch the fighters anymore, but Kutabella, like, shouting into, I think it was Roundtree. Yeah, I think it was Roundtree, like, screaming into his face, like, whoa, like, um, I want to back up there a little bit, dude. And then he probably did <laughs> the stupidest thing ever in his first fight with Makanev and Kolov. Um, that um, TKO, like, he like got hit with it. He got hit with the head kick, and then all of a sudden, like, was playing possum and like stumbling. And the ref like called it off, and he got so mad. And I'm like, dude, like, you're the, like, don't play possum. Like, I can understand like playing to as playing it that way because you want to try to fool your opponent into thinking you're hurt but he was playing that a little too well and so he has no one to blame but himself for that one yeah and that's why i'm not picking him (laughs) i think it's a pretty equal matchup between clark and kudabella Mm -hmm. but i think that clark you know, if you look at his stats from his last rounds, he's just got a higher percentage of, of kicks to the body, kicks to the leg, um, just strikes to the head. All of those are, are higher in percentage. He seems busier in the ring when he gets out there. Now they're both wrestlers. So I always think that if, 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 both both guys who are wrestlers kind of evens the matchup a little bit um, as far as uh, as time goes on. Um, but I just think that Clark is kind of the better better experienced guy, a little bit more diverse than what Kudabella is. And and um, you know, Clark's last last loss was against Span. And mm. that's that could have gone either way so I have Clark on this one um just because I want Kudabella to lose (laughs) um I think the biggest thing for Kudabella is that he's too aggressive at times and we've seen at numerous times when he gets aggressive that he can get clipped and I don't think he has as he doesn't have as strong as a chin as I think he believes he does. Mm-hmm. And we saw in his last few fights, um, I think he fought to a draw in one of his most recent fights. And, but I think he's you know, just, he, like he's just more susceptible. No, not susceptible. Jeez. Um, he's more prone to being knocked out or getting clipped to a point where he's knocked down. And I think just his aggressive nature is, will allow Devin Clark to be, be a little like patient with the shots. And once he sees him like trying to close in and try to go on a furious shots, just find that one opening. And once that opening comes, boom. Yeah, I think that you have to have a big ego to be in the sport. But I have to, I think you have to have a smart ego and he has the big ego part down packed, (laughs) but he doesn't have the smart ego part. Mm -hmm. You know, he's making up for something and that's his, his fight game. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. 
Main event time. Anthony, huh. Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spann. Like we mentioned before, not the not the most entertaining main event, but the, there are a lot of Anthony Smith fans. Um, Ryan Spann is kind of a prospect that could is looking to possibly put his etch his name into the light heavyweight division title uh, picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you got on this? I have Smith. Okay. I think he's the better striker. Uh, I like the fact that, you know, despite all of the 2020 hiccups that we had, he still fought three times, Mm -hmm. put his name out there, got experience. I I like that. If you, if you want to make your way up and you have to fight and, and he pulled that off. I don't know a lot about, uh, span, and I know that he he is uh, a jujitsu guy, which makes me like him. But um, I think that just Smith is probably the ground game is not really his specialty, but I think that he can do enough to win. Yeah. So, so that's my choice. I was choosing him based on his striking abilities and uh again the fact that he he still is is fighting not taking any days off right um i am also taking anthony smith in this one um i but one thing i think that's gonna be to his advantage is his ground game because he's had a pretty interesting like he does really well in the ground in these last few fights um i think he's got he's got a submission in, he got a submission in his last fights and just everyone kind of like underestimates like yes he's a good striker but like oh so maybe i'll take him to the ground but anthony smith has a very sneaky ground attack that can really catch you by surprise um so that's actually actually i have him winning this fight um on the ground um and i'm actually gonna go on a limb and say submission Ooh! wow <laughs> whoa all right i'll trust you all right i didn't see this ground game that you're talking about but (laughs) oh and isn't anthony smith from nebraska as well is he yeah i believe he is from nebraska oh well bonus (laughs) all right and that is our picks for this week um we do have one uh, question that was sent in to us, not voicemail, but it was by, uh, someone sent it to me by direct message. Um, it is our friend Juice from the Friendly Sparring Podcast. Um, he, to- he told me his voice was too raspy from when he did his podcast earlier in the week, so he couldn't quite <laughs> to the voice. So we appreciate you, Juice, for getting your question in either way. But his question is, if you could make a biopic of any MMA fighter's life, who would you pick? Oh, a biopic? It'd have to be Amanda Nunez, right? Okay, that's that actually be a good one. I, I think it would be a good one. Yeah. I mean, you look at you look at Amanda Nunez and just her. She's such a physical specimen for, for a woman. 
mm-hmm. and her face is just hardcore and and you have to wonder how someone can get in the ring and be such a brute mm-hmm. but yet have this completely different home life right and and i and i'm not i'm not a stalker fascinated with her but <laughs> I, mean, I do follow her on instagram and some of the some of the things that she posts on there i just think that she's a very well, some of the things she posts on there, she's obviously a loving, kind person, but she just, she's, she looks so powerful, just physically and mentally and whatever she does. I think that she's a very intelligent person. And I would just like to know how she grew up and how she began fighting and and, and all the things that, that go into her training, or I just think that it would be really, it would boost, boost the women's sport if you could get to know her outside of the ring. Right. Uh, for me, okay, so I've got two for this one. I'm gonna pick a male and a female. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go, so I'll do my mail first. Um, I do a biopic on Dustin Poirier because yeah. I think seeing his progression in the UFC, like he was forming the WEC and just what, just being able to watch his progression go from a talented featherweight fighter, having lost his first fight with McGregor, setting him back. And then after that, I think it was after that McGregor fight, he moved up to lightweight just to try to, get some things going then he suffered and to me was an upset loss to Michael Johnson and just his progress from that loss to Michael Johnson up to his interim title fight victory over Max Holloway who not a lot of people have been able to figure out Max Holloway Poirier is the only one that's been able to figure him out twice Mm -hmm. um and then I the biggest thing I'd want to see from it is his progress going from losing the title to Habib up to where it is now especially with his last three fights being complete well one was a complete war with Dan Hooker and then his rematch and trilogy fight with Conor McGregor I think would pull in a lot of fans um and if he is able to fight for the title by the end of the year and he's able to clinch it that'd be like the perfect ending to that biopic to having lost to Habib and climbing his way back up and especially going up against a rival in Connor to get there, it would be such a huge, a huge thing for, I, I definitely would watch it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a great pick. <laughs> definitely. Uh, but, but speaking of why wouldn't you do one on Habib? Um, Habib, I wish Habib was my third choice um, because it's actually very interesting. So <clears throat> it's Poirier and then my female fighter, which I'll talk about. And if I didn't have those two, it would definitely be Habib because there, it's him and Floyd May- Mayweather are the only fighters I know that have never lost a fight in their life. Um, Habib, I think, has only lost one round in his entire UFC and mixed martial arts career so being able to see that progress going from him being this Dagestanian fighter 
being able, like wrestling with bears, like seeing his early life, moving up into the U.S., moving up into um, his amateur days and then his pro days. And also you could tie in a little bit in how his, like how his injury history and like how he continued to keep fighting no matter what, mm-hmm. um, despite all the odds that I pushed against him and which ultimately led to his championship reign. Um, sadly, it didn't last as long as we'd hoped. And sadly, we didn't get to see that Habib versus Ferguson fight. Right. Um, and then just to have his career end on such a heartbreaking note with his father passing away and yeah. him deciding that Gaethje was going to be his last fight and it was his last fight. So it would definitely be a good storyline. But my female person I would pick is Rose Namajunas. Um, So I am, if you listen to, um, I guess we can call it like our sister podcast, the Incomplete um, podcast where where Kelly and I cover Broncos fans. We're a big advocate on mental health awareness. And Mm -hmm. I know Rose has kind of like had to battle a little bit of those demons during her UFC career, especially going from... She fought for the she fought for the inaugural title, ended up losing it to Esparza, and having to climb all the way back up, and then having to face the boogie woman herself and Joanna and beat her not once but twice, and both in very spectacular. Well, the second fight was a little bit closer, and then losing her title to Jessica Andrade, and then getting it back um, earlier this year against Zhang Wei Li. And because she is the first woman to, um, what was it? The first woman to hold the belt at two different points. Uh, the first two time, the first woman's two time belt holder. Um, I think it would be a very interesting story because of how far she's come along. And she's still, I feel like she's still in her prime. So this biopic could probably last as long as possible. Um, it probably probably won't be released to like 2040 at best, but it would definitely be a very I definitely want to would want to see what how Rose battles her demons in her mindset into fighting, her mindset into her personal life and how like the mental health aspect of it. I think it would be a really good biopic to watch. I think so too. That's a good choice. I'd watch it. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you, Juice, for that question. Definitely got us thinking quite a bit. Um, We need to post that question on Twitter. Yes, let's, yeah, I will do that. I actually also have another question we're going to post too, but we'll cover that up in a minute because it is time for some MMA news. (laughs) You got anything that has come up this week? No. <laughs> it was it was fairly quiet, so um, we could talk about Connor, but we're just giving fodder. We're just giving useless fodder to our audience. Right. But although it would be fun, um, so if you lived under this is gonna be like a quick like 30-second thing. If you lived under a rock, Connor was at the VMAs threw a drink at Machine Gun Kelly or MGK, however you want to call him. Um, MGK kind of scoffed at it. It's like, oh, what was that all about? It's like, ha, walks away. 
which was probably the perfect response. Um, and then and so I don't even know who MGK is and who, who are these people and why are they at the VMAs? <laughs> I know who MGK is. Um, he is, um, oh, Colston is his last name and he was a, he's a rapper. Um, trying to think of what he, so the songs that I'm, more familiarize myself him with is Wild Boy, which came out when I was in college, and that was like the ultimate party song. So, Wild Boy. If you should go, it's not for the faint of heart, but it's definitely like something that'll get your head banging if you're really into it. Okay. Um, but he's gotten more into like the softer side of rapping. Um, trying to think of a couple. Oh, what's that one that he was in? He did one with. Oh my gosh, I wish I can remember his. Is he the guy that had the beef with Eminem? Yes. He's the one oh, that. Uh... I, <laughs> I was going to lead up to that one up next. Um, yeah, he had a big beef because Eminem released a song and took a shot at Machine Gun Kelly. And so he responded by a complete, like, I think it was like a four and a half minute uh, diss song on Eminem. And that, actually, I just listened to that song, I think, last night. And so I was like, oh. <laughs> but yes that is who machine gun kelly is so he's um, not rock he's not rock he's no. rap hmm. so okay <laughs> but um perhaps we'll get a disc if he really wants to do it maybe we'll get a diss track on conor mcgregor and if it's if they do and it's a hit i will put that song as my ringtone until the end of time maybe these two should meet up for a boxing match oh now that you mentioned that they there are people that have put out a betting line um on this hypothetical fight that conor was like a minus 600 favorite like oh my gosh like do you like i don't i can't imagine machine gun kelly going into the boxing ring like he, <laughs> but he he definitely would have a height advantage because mcgregor is like i think five nine or something like that, and MGK is 6'4". Whoa. So that would be, like, that's like almost a, that's like half a foot, re, uh, half a foot height advantage, and you can imagine the reach will probably be like anywhere from eight to 10 inches right there. Wow. Huh. Uh, but. Interesting. All right, so 30, uh, Conor McGregor's 30 seconds of fame is over. Um, Again. Again. <laughs> so Joe Benavides announced his retirement yesterday on Wednesday. Uh, very, he, I think he's going to be go down as one of the best fighters in UFC history to not hold a title. And he actually fought for the title four times. It just happened that <laughs> the two guys he fought for the titles were just dominant in that flyweight division. Yeah, I, uh, you know, he was in it for 15 years. Mm -hmm. Really good. Boy, you'd think you didn't want to retire until you had that title belt. But I guess if you do it four times and you lose four times, maybe your, your drive isn't as good. Mm -hmm. I think he had mentioned that 
he was holding it off for as long as he could, but then he had realized that, I think he, a quote from him was, it was something along the lines of like, I don't want to go up against these um, prospects and be it more like, like, oh, like you've like, um, like one of the pioneers of sport, can I have your autograph? Like for him, that was kind of weird. And so I think- Oh, that the prospects he was fighting were asking for his autograph? Well, that's what he thinks could have happened. Oh, Um, (laughs) okay. And the thing is that because he had lost in devastating fashion both times to Figueroa, Mm -hmm. um, and he had just lost his recent fight, like he doesn't feel like his- title window basically closed after that second uh, after that after his last fight but you could kind of say technically it really closed after he lost to Figgy the second time yeah it just it sounds like his heart wasn't in it anymore yeah and his brain Mm -hmm. and then you have to I think he's like in his mid to late 30s too so I'm pretty sure that all that was catching up to him as well yeah he's like 30 eight or 37 I think yeah no somewhere around there yeah um but 28 and 8 record for his career that's really impressive no doubt nothing to be shut nothing to be shameful about Mm -mm. um but no he'll it'll be a good retirement a lot of people are saying like I don't think he'll stay retired long I think I feel like this is going to be one of those guys that's just going to stay retired. I mean, he's fought for a long time and I mean, he's got, I, I, I think he's got it made for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And perhaps maybe he'll have a spot in like a, like an analyst spot because we know his wife, Megan O'Leary is a, one of the bigger sideline reporters for the UFC. So maybe we'll see him as a potential analyst. And I think he could bring a lot of knowledge to the newer generation of fans um, when they see fights. Right. Yeah, no, I think um, if he wants to get back into it, he could always be take up a coaching gig. Yeah, that's true too. So. Speaking of Figueroa, there was a fight announcement that was made. So if you all remember last time we were here, we had thought that Brandon Moreno was going to fight Alexander Pantoja. Mm. Uh, Pantoja apparently could not fight in even more time because he had a knee injury. Mm. And so for UFC 269, instead of Moreno versus Pantoja 3, we're going to be getting... Moreno versus Figueroa three. Okay. Um, was reported by Brett Akinamo late last night. Um, December. So, what's that? Yeah, December. De- yep, December 11th. Good night. <laughs> Here's my gripe about it. And it's been a thing, I think this year, I'm just so sick and tired of these immediate rematches. Yeah. Especially for Figueroa, which, okay, so he, all right, so I want to ask you this question before I go further. If you end up, if you're, if you have the UFC belts and you fight your opponent to a draw, do you call that a title defense? 
Well, the act of the fight is the title defense. Mm-hmm. If you, I mean, technically a draw isn't a win or a lose. Mm-hmm. So they didn't win the belt from you. Right. You still retain the belt. You, you still mm-hmm. retain it. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I, so- God. I guess I guess if you are the current title holder and you participate in a title fight and it's a draw, you didn't do enough to win and retain that belt, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay. The simple act of going out there and fighting is not enough to get you the belt. Right. Or allow you to keep the belt. Mm, so you're saying with the draw, they should just vacate the belt entirely? No one won when you did the title fight, right? Right. <laughs> so why would you keep it? You didn't win. True. I guess it's like, so I was, I did a little research on it. And when you're a draw, because Woodley also, for his first title defense, he drew with Stephen Thompson. And it says on Wikipedia that he retains the title. He didn't necessarily successfully defend it. So it's kind of like that fine line. So that's what where the poll question comes in. We're going to ask the fans, does a draw necessarily mean you have successfully defended your title? And I'm, I'm assuming by your thoughts and pretty much by my thoughts too, I don't think that is a successful title defense. Nope, not at all. So with that being said, with this fight that's coming in December, it's kind of weird. Like I know there's not a whole lot of pro, not a lot of child challengers in the flyweight division. So I could understand why they did it in that aspect. But the fact that Figueroa only te- by our rule, by what we agreed on with draws, he technically only defended the title one time. Right. And his he got finished. Granted, it wasn't. Like, I could understand why, if you were to put Rose versus Zhang 2 and Moreno versus Figgy 3 and tell me which one deserved it, which one deserves the immediate rematch, I can kind of understand Figgy being the reason why, because his Zhang Weili lasted like 60 seconds before getting knocked out, only had one tile defense credit to Figgy for lasting two and a half rounds with Moreno before he got submitted. And so I can kind of see where the whole, I felt like if Figgy had successfully beaten Moreno, I think that's why they made that second fight is because it was a draw. Um, Yeah, just for me, because Figgy lasted a little bit longer, I can kind of understand why he would get an immediate rematch. And plus with the whole, and I think with the strawweight division, there there were a, there was Carla Sparza who was definitely should have fought for the title next, but they're giving Zhang Weili, someone who had a five-round war with Joanna as her only title defense, getting knocked out in 60 seconds. And her getting the immediate rematch, I could see why Figgy would get the immediate rematch over Zhang Weili in that sense. 
I don't really understand why the USC just draws. They should go overtime rounds. That would be a good, that's a good idea. <laughs> like a sudden death. Yeah. Like you have three officials scoring this event and you all, it's so close that it's equal or yeah. all the, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it should go longer. If it's a draw, then you get up and you, you do another round. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's kind of what the UFC did with the flyweight tournament because there was the whole, oh, who was it? I think it was Ian McCall versus Demetrius Johnson. That mm -hmm. fight was technically, I'm trying to remember how that went because that was so long ago. They initially ruled it a... I think they initially ruled it for, oh, because they had a draw. So, oh gosh, I don't know how that went. They were they were supposed to go to a sudden fourth round because it was three rounds because it was a draw. But there was like some kind of miscalculation with the scoring, and they didn't go to that fourth round. And they oh, they just ruled it a draw, and they uh -huh. didn't go to that fourth round. And so it's like, wait, you can't exactly draw in advance because no one really won. Uh, so I think that would make a lot of sense. So if you have a, if you have a five round fight that ends up in a, a title fight that ends in a draw, just give that, go to that sixth round and see who pulls it out then. Or maybe like maybe a sudden death, like, I don't know, that's kind of tough. I would say like three minutes. Yeah, something, something less, but extra. I. I guess, I don't know. I mean, you hear a lot about fighters training for that 15 minutes or that that amount of time that a fight takes, but mm -hmm. I just, a draw to me kind of means nothing. That means that you got in a, a street fight and you both walked away. Yeah. And no one really won. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. So we'll throw out a couple of questions. Well, the first one was, who would you have in a biopic? And then two, like, our draws. Should you should you hold the title? Oh, what was it? How, how did we phrase that? If you draw. Should you retain the title? Should you, re should you retain the title after a draw? After a draw. Yeah. Yeah. So. No. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't think so. But. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I think I think I covered everything. I think I covered everything. Anything else we should cover? I don't. I don't have anything else. Kind of a slow week. Yeah, but it's gonna pick up next week because it is UFC two sixty six fight week next week. Ooh, ooh, ooh. No. <laughs> we will have two title fights: Volkanovski versus Ortega for the featherweight title, and Shevchenko versus Murphy for the women's flyweight title and then we have the return of nick diaz <laughs> of remarks I... 17 years in the making <laughs> okay <laughs> i will look at my machine gun kelly to get up on my my uh, musical diversity okay <laughs> in, in the meantime and report back with you about my least favorite song <laughs> there might be quite a few your top 
how about your top five least favorite songs? So like rap is actually he's although I, I will actually make a recommendation. Um okay. some of his earlier stuff is kind of a little not dark, it's like very party-ish. Um like he's a child. No, like I would college. I wouldn't say much as a child. Um it's just very entertaining. In a, <laughs> Like I like you'd probably have to be a college student to like really appreciate it. Um, so I would say the oh the album Bloom by Machine Gun Kelly is probably where he goes more into his. It goes into more of the like casual kind of okay. music. Um, it says here on his tattoo that he was born with horns. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know either. Oh, okay. Yeah, I will. Okay, so the two songs you should listen to are At My Best and Bad Things. Those are probably two, like, fairly decent songs that aren't, like, college raging party action. Okay. So definitely check out those two songs. Because <laughs> those okay. two are actually my favorites. Po post party. Okay. Um, I'll check I, out. And for next week, I am going to try to see if we can get a special guest on here to help us with picks and get a little 411 on them. I still have to do a little bit of research on who should be that, who should be the first ever front kicks and throat cuddles guest. Oh my gosh. Maybe you can put in a call to Amanda. I can. Hmm, that wouldn't be a bad idea. I'll have to do some research there. Um, Maybe we, we could can get Mandy Bohm on and talk to her about throwing combinations and stuff. <laughs> well, if she wins, that would actually be a very interesting. After I could like bring her after she loses. Okay, I can have it rub into the face of whoever wins that one. Um, we could look into a fighter. Um, we might look into someone who is like a fan or someone who is well into the MMA community and get their analytic analytical takes. But we will let everyone know if I'm able to find someone. Um, just have to work and see how the schedule works, how the schedule does. We'll find someone yeah. and they'll be good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... Until then, if yes. you have any, if you want to send in your voice questions, if you want to DM, no funny business. Um, I think that's it. Um, any comments? Any yeah, questions? Any suggestions? Wait, where, where can they reach you? Where, where they can reach us? They can reach us at the podcast Twitter at FKTCPod. Or they can reach us individually. They can reach Laurel at Rain Basin. They can reach me, Ty, at TyFlyGuy15. And yeah, that's it. Um, your weekly reminder do not let the uh, fight go to the judge's hands, into the judge's hands, because that may not end up so well. <laughs> and also protect your faces and protect your necks. And we will see you all next week.